Hello, listeners. My name is Mark. If you have been enjoying the Listener Lore episodes, please come over to my separate podcast feed, Lorehammer Listener Lore. On this daily podcast channel, I will be reading one story a day and sharing your creative works with others and giving my feedback at the end. So, if you like Grimdark 40k short stories, come join me at Lorehammer Listener Lore, the 40k podcast where you get to write the script. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the podcast. If you want to support the show, visit us at patreon.com. And for as little as $1 a month, you can become a patron. Or you can buy cool Lorehammer products like shirts, coffee mugs, and dice bags at www.redbubble.com. Don't want to spend any money? Well, you can help out the show by giving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also hop on over to Facebook and like our page. And feel free to send us a message. It's the only enjoyment Mark gets out of his miserable life. Welcome back to Lorehammer. Uh, my name is Eric. With help and generosity of some of my friends, I started a sound. That one's system. Mark. <laughs> Here's uh, my star collecting box so far. Okay. Joining us also today for this bonus episode are uh, Micah and Christian. Hey, guys. Hello. Uh, today we are going to be doing our third uh, listener lore episode. So if you haven't listened to one previously, we've asked for submissions of people's their story on their on their homebrew chapter or their Xenos race or whatever, anything that they've created, which we will then share and we will discuss and talk about what we liked, what we didn't like, what we'd like to see more of, stuff like that. Um, so we will read it uh, as is, which will include... Ifs, ands, and buts. Errors. Oh. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Not just words. Well, it will include words, but some of those words will not go together mm. as they are meant to. So... Um, yeah, and it, it just, it's really weird. Whenever I read them, it seems like I always get the... You get the ones with the lot the, the, of The errors. most errors in them yeah. for some reason. Well, that's just dyslexia. <laughs> well. Anyways, uh, we're going to take you through three stories today submitted by three people. Um, and the first one we're going to read is... Krishna is going to read the first one, and it's submitted by Tim. Tim, yes. Thank you, Tim. Um, I don't know anything about it. We, no, I don't either. First read through, like, I don't even know what it's about. So. If you don't have voices for people, yeah, get out. I'm going to be mad. All right. Yes. I'll do my best. Okay. Originally founded as the headquarters of a mining expedition sent by the Forge World Gryia to the area of space known as the Rust Belt during the Dark Age of Technology. Using technology that has now been forgotten, the expedition was able to, to tether five other moon-sized entities together with the first. Cut off from the rest of the Imperium during the Age of Strife, the expedition actually fared better than most other human worlds. Rediscovered by the Great Crusade, the mining expedition was at first suspicious of the people who turned up on their doorstep, but after discussion with the Imperium's Mechanicus ambassador, the expedition was brought into compliance and reclassified as a Forge World Rubigio. Rubigio? Rubigio? Rubigo. Rubigo. Dumb dumb. (laughs) Dumb, dumb bitch. During the Knights of House Coldier and the forces of Forge World Rubigo joined forces after a huge Auric Wa destroyed the Knights' homeworld of. Period. Yep. That's right. Yep. 
The Wa was eventually pushed back into the Veiled region. House Coldir was gifted a moon on Rubigo to use as a staging area. House Coldir hunts the orcs to this day and use the now and use this now as a ritual to induct new pilots. Even when the question of a new grandmaster comes up, a grand hunt may be called for with all the candidates gunning for the biggest kill. Rubigo is a collection of moons tethered together by structures through which giant trains run all the various materials needed by the forge world. Although the trains are the main means of transport between the various moons that make up Rubigo, there are maintenance walkways between the moons where the, many servitors continuously work to keep the various tracks working Jeez. and the flow of material non-stop. The six moons are fully self-contained, and if in need, the whole system can be towed to another location. The orbiting moons can be ejected in an emergency. Rubigo is ruled by a council of seven. I love this already. <laughs> I know, it's so 40 It's so 40 like, Over the yeah. top. Rubigo is ruled by a council of seven, which includes the Fabricator General of Rubigo and his three highest tech priests, alongside the Grandmaster of House Coldier and his two highest advisors. Six individual moon-sized entities make up the Forge World of Rubigo. One, mainly used as a staging area for the forces of Rubigo and House Coldier and their accompanying spacecraft, serves as an, as an anchor point when being towed. Two, main spaceport used by the mining fleets of Rubigo, all visitors to Rubigo dock here, housing for visiting crews are found here, serves as an anchor point when being towed. Three, house Coldier. Four, main power supply for rest of Rubigo. Five, personal forges workshops of the highest ranking tech priests of Rubigo. Six, main manufactorum of Rubigo. Contains the forges, workshops of lesser tech priests, also houses the meeting place of the ruling council. Tech priest Dominus Invictus Acquisitor. Expedition leader, Serdak or Kurdak? Tech priest, Aristan, Mechasapient, Eremiel. Tech priest, Logai, Monitor, Malevulus, Pula. Forge World, Rubigo, Colors, Wa Green Robes, Warplock Bronze Armor, Mechanicus Standard Gray. I like that he actually used the paint, <laughs> that the paint, paint, paint colors. colors. <laughs> Uh, Mechanicus Standard Grey Weapons, Red Gloves, and Boots. Nighthouse allied to Forge World Rubigo, House Coldier. Similar colors as Forge World. Working with the Forge World Greya and Mars in Rustfield's war against the orcs amidst the asteroid belt. Near the Veiled region. Omnissiah Machine God, Arc Mechanicus Spaceships, Aura Flamma, Gold Flame Main Ship, Ferrum Malleus, Iron Hammer. And that's it. So his like, I I gotta okay. So moons rotate, sure. Like they yeah. orbit, sure. Right, but it almost sounds in this one like, like he's created like a still system. Like the planet rotates, it's, and the other ones are like bolted to it, hundreds of thousands of kilometers away from it, <laughs> and they just spin way faster than the regular one. Because the trains, I'm assuming they're like grav trains or whatever. <laughs> like they don't run on rails. But part of me wants them to run on rails. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, it says that there's a physical they're structure, connected. doesn't it? Yeah, it says they're connected. And there's so walkways. They, that that means they yeah. cannot rotate, which means that they are spinning so much faster than that planet is. <laughs> right? I That's guess so. hilarious. Or the, the planet's not even spinning. It's possible that nothing's yeah, spinning. It could all be geostationary. No, geostationary is it's rotating with the planet. That's geosynchronous. Oh, no. I don't know. Whatever. It's not rotating. I, Tidally locked is, <laughs> is words. If, it, 
Anyways, <laughs> if it is spinning, they're spinning ridiculously fast. If they're not spinning, it, it kind of like, it makes me think of like a palm. Like in the center of your palm yeah. is the planet. And then all around your palm are these moons that are tied to this planet. Yeah. Which is awesome. Yeah. They it's... eject a moon. Like I imagine they have like a plan to like throw a moon at something. <laughs> Into the sun. <laughs> well, no. If, if they're like, hey, we need to attack this like other thing, the space hook that's coming at us and it's massive. Let's throw a moon Fire at it. planet. I think it's last resource. Of but, course. Yeah. Of yeah. course that's last resource. You're going to run out of moons. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty quick. Um, it can move, though. Yes. Does that imply that the planet well, or they like, are detached and they're their own kind of superstructure? Well, like it's towable. So I feel like they took moons from planets and made this and structure. Made this structure yeah, and yeah it's made, almost like a spaceship that's not even a moon anymore. Yeah. It just uses moon rock bodies that they've built on. Okay. They're all moons. Yeah. And but, I, so there's no planet. No. The implication uh, is that they maybe came from a planet once. They stole them from planets. They yeah. tethered five other moon-sized entities. So <laughs> yeah. they could have been asteroids. They could have been moons. Anything can be a moon. Exactly. It doesn't have and, to be like yeah. the moon size. Of course. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, of course, yes. <laughs> they we all know this. tethered them together. Okay, so there's no yeah. singular planet that they're orbiting. I got that in yeah. my mind wrong. But it is just these massive satellites. It's like, like a massive satellites. spaceship. Yeah. <laughs> that are connected. And so they must have just massive engines built into no, them. No, they're towed. They're towed. But how? Were you not listening, Eric? I get <laughs> it, Planet one and two are towed. No, no, no. No, no, no. <laughs> two is the, the first point. one. That's like the... So the, the five moons are tethered to the first one. Yeah. So the first one must be... Is the like central one? The central one. It doesn't say how they're tethered. It could be like a tree of life configuration, for lack of a better word. God damn it, Tim. <laughs> I like it. Honestly. <laughs> Tim, so, we're just to trying to do the math here. And attach it with this for next yeah, time. Yeah. Just draw a little stick figure <laughs> picture. Go into paint. Just make the circles. The circles are like wobbly. And like, yeah. like that he one's, didn't use the stencil. He yeah. just literally threw it. That one's just straight up a square. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah. That's so sick. There's a night house on there. There was a wall that came through. Yeah. I, I pretty much picked, I personally pictured it as like almost like they turned into a giant space hulk essentially yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. using like planetoids and like building on it and like connecting them yeah it's its own spaceship almost yeah without its own thrusters yeah. i li- i like the, the the planet definitely better than like ah there's a night house on it cool there's guardsmen cool there wasn't really any details about yeah not a them, lot of depth which i, I would like to see yeah that, that. he did have the little hunt thing which is cool i i enjoyed that personally yeah it's very medieval yeah but on. like the focus is definitely all like we just <laughs> spent five structure, minutes trying yeah. to talk about five moons, but I would like to see personally, yeah, some more, more about depth. the night yeah. night house or um, are your tech priests like they must be pretty like uh, out there with their technology if they're grabbing planets and tying yeah, them like, together. Yeah. You what's know? their deals? Yeah, they're, they're just named to us, but it yeah. doesn't mean anything. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's have. a cool setting, definitely for sure. It, no, exactly. It's a great setting so far. I'd like to know more about it. The actual Definitely. army associated yeah. with this. Sure. Yeah. We did it? I think the Ari Flamma, that's their main tower ship. Oh, yeah. That just okay, tows yeah. it. Like, that. that's such a wild picture. Like Yeah, this massive cruiser just towing these five <laughs> moons, six moons across the galaxy. So and they go into the warp. Why not? Oh, my God. That's a... That you need a macro Geller field for that. Or you just oh, need many huge. Geller fields around All the planet. Around it. No, but you'd also have to have Geller fields around the walkways. And the train system, wouldn't you? You, you would need many Geller fields <laughs> for sure. Or one big one. 
That'd be huge. But, huh? but the well, thing how is, is that's how big a Galifield can be. Because even ships are pretty massive in 40 No, I know, but and like... And who's to say how big these moons are? Yeah, yeah. Like, we have no moon sense size. of scale. They're moon-sized. Oh, well, that's good. Like, Thank you. I'm Death, assuming Thank you, Death size. Star. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's no moon. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, uh, on Titan, though, they didn't use... Like, they used macro Gellerfields is what they called them. Sure, sure. So and maybe they many, just had the many most powerful other psychers. Because Gellerfield's power is directly tied to how, how powerful that psyker is inside. So yeah. maybe they just had one power. Maybe they had even multiple psychers tied into a macro Gellerfield. Maybe that's what makes it macro. Yeah. It's just multiple psychers, but all feed us together. We don't have the science. <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> Anyways. We want to know. Though. It's a really cool um, world, obviously. What what I like about it too is since it can travel, it can be like it's galaxy playing thing. Like yeah, it's it's, not, you're, you it always can, sucks when you you're stuck in one part of the galaxy. Yeah. You can yeah. fight Eldar. Yeah. You yeah. can fight everything. Like he could show up at the Vigilus campaign and be like, <laughs> "I brought my moons with me. <laughs> yeah. I my moons with you know." Like I really well, I couldn't let that. you take on everyone by yourself. <laughs> Some Harrison Ford line. Great shot, kid. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyways, it's pretty cool. Enjoyed um, it. Yeah, the tech priests. We we know that they're there, and obviously they're <laughs> supplying the night household. But like, what other like what specific technologies do they really like? Or yeah, it'd be what cool else are they some, developing? Some stuff. The night households. Um, hmm. What like who like t- tells them where to go? Right, like, what well, are they? De- that, what are they defending? They have like their council or whatever with like three knight lords and then three the grandmaster, three tech priests. Yeah, yeah. It's like three like, and three. It seems like an even balance of yeah. their ruling together. It's four to three. Oh. Yeah, four. So they four have for that, the so, mechanicum, yeah. three for them. But is like, is the mechanicum being like, hey, go over here? Or are they getting orders? From well, they're getting to vote. So in a council, like. Democracy, that's not, like that's not how councils have to work. No, I'm just usually I'm, that's like, how that would work. No, though, I'm more know, wondering like, who would vote, and then everyone I'm, votes. Not everyone votes in the council, Mark. They just talk. I'm more wondering, like, where do they get their information from? What does anybody? The Imperium. Sure. So that's what uh, they, well, who like leads any Mechanicum Lord. They're self-determined. Yeah, they're like. They're, what is their motivation? Sure. What is their more moons? More moons. <laughs> they're, they're moon thieves <laughs> trying to find them. <laughs> they just show up. Like you see them, just like these cables slowly latch onto your moon, and hey, then they just start trying. Hey, stop that! <laughs> they drive away, and the moon is just being towed, towed Very away. Spaceballs field. <laughs> hmm, cool. Anyways, <laughs> let's move on. Yeah. Cool. cool. Uh, the next one we're going to read is Graham's, and I will be reading half of it, and then Micah will be reading the rest of it very poorly but yes because it's it's a long one okay viderfold it's a forest world it is a terrestrial planet located in carnivorous or deciduous deciduous carnivorous carnivorous Carnivorous. it's a carnivorous forest world (laughs) sorry start again eric (laughs) deciduous deciduous Viderfold is a terrestrial planet located in a singular star system within the Space Wolves Imperial footprint. The planet is about 1.5 times the size of the Earth. It has many similarities to Earth in that it is tilted and rotates on its axis. A Viderfold day is about 1.2 Earth days or 28 hours. It has an atmosphere, magnetic field, and plate tectonics. However, due to its size and position with relation to its star, it is on average a colder planet than Earth. 
Imagine an Earth where the Tropic of Cancer and the Tropic of Capricorn are the new equator and remove all the Earth between the two tropics. While the equator does have areas of warm, moderate climates, especially along coastlines, most of the inhabitable zone consists of vast forests of varying types, from deciduous to evergreen. There we go. <laughs> yeah. We answered it. Now we know. <laughs> These are the questions. <laughs> there are large mountain ranges, and volcanic activity is about equal to that of Earth, with the exception of one volcano in particular. Towards the poles, the planet is mostly frozen. The Jotunbi are an industrious Xenos race of insect-like composition. On Viderfold, warring factions of Jotunbi control various regions of the world, each controlled by a mother queen and daughter queens. Mother queens give birth to daughter queens and control drone armies. Daughter queens give birth to various drone types and are generally hidden from society and each other. More to follow on the Jotunbi. But when a mother queen is killed or dies, it generally creates a power vacuum and results in several lesser mother queens, formerly daughter queens, aided by loyal drones, dividing territory. Drones is the word used for most Jotunbi, but they are not drones like typical insects. They each have their own thoughts, viewpoints, ambitions, alliances, and so forth. While the majority of Jotunbi are very loyal to the mother queen, many are more loyal to the daughter queen that gave birth to them. This makes for interesting dynamics within the Jotunbi society and is also the main reason they have never united and probably never will. Some drone ideas. The Jack. A massive male drone. Only the largest Jotunbi factions have one. More massive than a mother, but lacks intelligence. Striders. Long-legged, can sit or walk on water surfaces. Winged Menace. Drone warriors that have wings. Warriors, a standard drone soldier. Four arms, two legs. Workers, small bumbling idiots that provide essential tasks for the Jotunbi. Humans are far smarter, stronger, and better workers because they can think about their tasks. Hence, slavery. <laughs> so we all can fit into one of those categories. I know which one I'm in, that one. Are you the Jack? No, no. I'm the That's Christian. Yeah. I wasn't listening. What's a Jack? A massive male drone. <laughs> But lacks intelligence. <laughs> I'm the worker. That's right. That just lacks Bumbling. intelligence, period. Right. And Eric is the queen. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. Uh, Jotunbi note. The mother queen is a huge creature, capable of great feats of fighting. She leads armies and is a very formidable opponent. Daughter queens are plump and usually immobile, Ooh. as they are biologically in give birth mode. They do mm. not fight. Every so often, a mother queen will break from war to birth a new daughter queen. The act is very secretive. Thousands of years ago, the Jotunbi became aware of their existence within the universe. In a hasty alliance, they decided to hide themselves from life existing outside of their planet. The volcano, now known as Halaldranari, was transformed into a funnel into space. The constant flow of dust particles, mostly consisting of iron and calcium, created a dust cloud around the planet. Due to the interaction between the dust and outer atmosphere of the planet, the dust turned red-orange in color and obscured the planet. Enough light is allowed to pass through the dust cloud to support ample life on the planet. Anyone looking at the planet would A. Think that it was now a giant gas planet, and B. Have a hard time detecting the life below. It is not impossible to detect life. Due to the star system being relatively small and uninteresting, it's really just sheer luck that no one found the secret of Viterfold until Zinch did in M31 or M32. Dun, 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 dun. Ooh, I like this. At some point long ago, a civilian transport ship carrying several million human civilians crash-landed onto Viterfold. 
The people of the ship were within space wolf protectorate and lived in their culture. Think Scandinavian or Viking. The Jotunbi enslaved most of the surviving population. Humans were very useful slaves as they allowed the creation of more soldier-type drones. However, there were also many human settlements and many Jotunbi slaves formed resistance bands. Setup. Chapter Zinch and Viderfold. After the second founding, the Space Wolves began working on a solution for the flawed Canis Helix gene seed. During the Battle of the Fang, Magnus the Red killed the wolf priest Thar Hraldir and destroyed all progress that he had made. However, after the failure of the Wolf Brothers, the Space Wolves did not want to attempt another successor chapter through the proper Imperial channels. Thar Hraldir had made progress on the new gene seed, but it was not yet complete. Secretly, Herrick Iron... Herrick Iron Helm approved a small successor chapter experiment to be performed. They would go in search of an appropriate planet with a small task force of Space Wolves infantry, three Wolf Priests, three Iron Priests, and three Rune Priests. They would have plenty of supplies to start the new chapter. They also took several Thunder Wolves and Fenrisian Wolves. They would never be seen or heard from again. Meanwhile, Zinch was forming a plan to create a bridge between the warp and physical space. Zinch noticed a small but volatile hotspot of warp storms, which manifested near and around the planet of Viderfold. Zinch reconnoitered the planet. Reconnoitered. Of course. Recon. Zinch reconnoitered <laughs> the planet and found it was already <laughs> hidden from the Imperial records. Upon full release of the warp storm energies around Viderfold, Zinch was able to use his dark sorcery to pull the planet into the warp. Using... Uh-huh. Sorry, I was afraid. <laughs> I'm scared. You puckered. <laughs> Using this hot spot of warp activity, his plan was to create a mirror image of the planet in real space. His sorcery was successful, essentially creating a planet that spanned the warp and real space. However, there were some unforeseen consequences. The warp activity around Beautiful prevented nearly 100% of entry into the planet. Zinch was unable to get his demons onto the planet, and his plan for a bridge to the real world was greatly set back. The small task force of Space Wolves was flying nearby Viderfold as the warp storms released their full energy. The warp storms caused the task force to crash land onto Viderfold as it was pulled into the warp. Initially, the Space Wolves fought Jotunbi to devastating effect, but the Jotunbi were too many and were not defeated. Much of the planet was still controlled by various Jotunbi factions. However, the Space Wolves, ever mindful of their mission, began working on their successor chapter. Slowly but surely, Zinch whittled away at the mysterious warp shield that surrounded Viderfold. Eventually, he was able to pass through a single demon. As time progressed, Zinch was able to get more demons through the warp energy surrounding the planet. Up until the current time, he has never been able to get large amounts of demons onto the planet from the warp, but he has put several thousand on the planet. These demons have established small fortresses on the planet with several thousand human and Jotunbi cultists. Note 1. Once on the planet, Zinchian demons are able to exist easily and do not require much energy to possess humans or other hosts since the planet is caught between the warp and the physical realm. Note 2. The warp energy around Viderfold prevents most entry onto the planet, both from the warp and the physical realm. However, the warp storms do not prevent departure from Viderfold. The warp storms are volatile and are not always at the same strength. Most of the time, the warp storms are in full effect, and if one were to leave the planet during this time, they would leave into the warp. But every once in a while, the storm calms to a point that allows exit into the physical realm. The growing Space Wolves' successor chapter, the Jotunbi and the Zinchian demons and worshippers constantly battle for the planet. 
The Jotunbi are by far the most populous on the planet, while the Astartes and Chaos have their own bastions of land controlled. And I think that's all I'm reading. Yeah, that's all I'm reading. Sure. The Rise of the Chainborn, Gunolf. Oh my gosh, there's so many names. (laughs) (laughs) They're all Scandinavian, frick. Okay. Start calling them Tim and (laughs) Paul. Paul. Gunnar Haraldson, Haraldson, a.k.a. Gunolf Chainborn, born as a slave on Viterfold. The Resistance rescued him, and when he was about eight years old, therefore still having a bitter taste of slavery, but also able to shed any passive traits through being brought up by Resistance fighters, during a battle with the Jotunbi, he was directly responsible for killing a mother queen at only age 13. He was the first person from Viterfold to be rescued by the wolf priests. The story is that one night a stranger came upon a human warband. Initially alarmed by his abrupt appearance, the humans... Re- Here in America, work is in trouble. We've offshored our manufacturing, sent away good jobs, and lost so much ability to make things. American Giant is a company that's pushing back against this tide. They make high-quality clothing, sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more right here in the USA. Visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com, promo code STAPLE20. Retrieved their weapons and became alert. The stranger spoke quietly, but with great authority, and asked the youth to come forward and face him in single combat. Gunnar immediately burst forth from the warband before his elders could stop him and engage the wolf priest. Although he was soundly beaten, the wolf priest was impressed and and quipped, Once Gunnar, now Gunolf. Gunnar roughly translates to fighter, and Gunolf roughly translates to fighting wolf. He'd also take the name Chainboard, as to remember his homeworld and origins. Gunnolf's Canis gene seed would turn out to be pure, a sign of great hope for the Space Wolf Task Force sent to make the successor chapter. But this would not last, and as the chapter grew in strength, up to 30% of the new Astartes would become Wolfen. Gunolf Chainboard has little empathy and little emotion. He's very close to being a psychopath, a very good manipulator, and is also what some would consider to be a genius. This mental state would normally be identified by the tests administered to new Space Marine recruits, but due to the lack of resources, Gunolf continued to process to become continued the process to become an Asartes. While he struggles with emotion, he does not have emotion. Hmm? While he struggles with emotion, he does not have emotions, but they are broad sweeping. As in, he generally knows what is good and bad, but doesn't necessarily feel guilt, sadness, love, or anger. There's one thing he does care for, though, and that is the people of Viterfold. This caring trait is important to him because it gives him a connection to humanity, a connection he can't get anywhere else since he has so little emotion. Once the chapter reached a couple hundred strong, the remaining Space Wolves gave leadership of the new chapter to a member from Viterfold. Gunnolf, obviously, was elected as the first wolf lord of the Chainborn. The Chainborn would be, a, would be colored a dark green as homage to the forest world Viterfold. The chapter would take the badge of chains on a background of orange, inspired from the sky of Viterfold. Unit and rank insignia would be denoted by a V on the right pauldron in the colors consistent with Space Wolf's heraldry. Despite his mannerisms, Gunolf is still well-loved by his men. He takes care of them, and many appreciate his tactical superiority. They also tend to 
they also tend to take on his lack of empathy with enemies and civilians, but are still just as rowdy and boisterous as their Space Wolf father chapter. Since their creation, the Chainborn have become known for their crushing brutality. Many of the campaigns result in very few prisoners, alluding to their sound tactics and extremely harsh attitudes towards their enemies. They have no patience or care for civilians on the battlefield, making the human population on Veerfold both in awe and terrified of them. The Chainborn are also known for their commitment to remembering the fallen members of the Chainborn and Space Wolf chapters. Celebrations in the Chainborn are always begun with several ceremonies, honoring and singing the songs of Chainborn that have died in battle. Since the Chainborn have been fighting demons and chaos followers so long, they tattoo, brand, and fillet runes onto their bodies that aid them in fighting chaos. The Chainborn follow the Space Wolves Codex. Duh. <laughs> Recruitment. Wolf priests prowl the lands of Viterfold, looking for young warriors, both free and enslaved, worthy of joining their ranks. Just like the Space Wolves, after a new recruit takes the Canis Helix, he is thrown into the wilds of Viterfold and left to return to the forest monastery of the Chainborn. If he survives the demons, the Jotunbi, and all the other deadly wildlife on Viterfold, then he is welcomed. Afterwards begins the remainder of the process to turn the youth into a space marine. The Chainborn have a large amount of wolfen and impure gene seed. They have discovered the truth of the wolfen and do not treat them as the space wolves did for many millennia. The Chainborn know that wolfen still have the warriors of the Stardis inside them, even though they may not be able to communicate with them through speech. While the wolfen are most certainly not well integrated into the everyday life of the Chainborn, Chainborn wolfen are included in many aspects of the war and culture. Many amongst the Chainborn wonder if the Wolf Brothers could have been successful if the Inquis Inquisition had not stupidly interfered. The Fall of Gunolf Gunolf cares greatly for the people of Viterfold, but as a near psychopath, also desires the power... <laughs> Mark is taking a video. Gunolf cares greatly for the people of Viterfold, but as a near psychopath, also desires power more fervently than most men. In an epic turn, Gunolf is tricked by Zinch and falls into his service. He takes about a quarter of the Chainborn with him and forms a Chaos Space Marines chapter. This greatly sets back the Chainborn and causes even more turmoil on Viterfold. More to be determined. Scarred Erickson was elected as a new leader of the Chainborn, a beast even amongst his Space Marine brothers. Scarred is a strong leader and true of heart. He established a more frequent schedule of feasts and games, and as the Chainborn had their morale nearly broken by the betrayal of Gunoff. He's quick to laugh and level-headed on the battlefield. He also takes on many traits similar to Harold Deathwolf and has incorporated more wolves and thunderwolves into the Chainborn ranks. The Chainborn discover the secrets of the warp activity surrounding Viterfold and are able to leave the planet into the physical realm for the first time. They hope to reunite with their father chapter, gain support to exterminate the filth on Viterfold, and fight in wars alongside their brothers in the Great Black Ocean. Chainborn special equipment to be determined. Chainborn strength. The Chainborn are about three to four hundred strong. They consist almost entirely of infantry, rune priests, and wolfen. While they have some light armored vehicles and troop transports, they do not have any primaries, Marines. Oh, hot damn! Wow. I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> or dreadnoughts or heavy armor. Chainborn allies, to be determined. Chainborn enemies, Zinch, Chaos, and the Jotunbi. And Chainborn rivals is the CSM, led by Gunoff. Chaos Space Marines. Yes. Very cool. Yeah. Sick flavor. Okay, you guys are looking at me. 
I'll give my input. I don't know. Yeah, share your input. What's yeah. your thought? I really like it. Yeah. Okay, what's your input? <laughs> uh, the planet is well fleshed out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you have a really cool alien race that obviously... Is it weird that I root for the alien, the, yes. the, Yo- the Yoden bee more yep, than anything odd. else? Is it? Yeah. Oh, you don't okay. like space wolves though, right? Uh, the, uh, They're not great. Space wolves, <laughs> in their essence, they've got some really weird things that if they just removed would make them awesome again. Mm-hmm. But anyways, um, but the planet is very well... Yeah. Rounded. Even as like the elements that the planet was made out of, and yeah, <laughs> yeah, and like, oh, it's awesome. Like yeah. it's covered by cloud, and the reason they did this is because of the the Jotunbi like created this volcano that covered their planet in a cloud. Yeah, and like it's really cold, it's mainly forest, but there is like mm-hmm. some ocean. He said because there's a beach, and so he's given it like a lot of like a very descriptive thing mm-hmm. of this planet. Yeah, fleshed out. Like I feel like he did a better job than like a lot of minor Xenos races that are actually existing. Yeah. So there's like tons of flavor there. One thing that I thought was interesting was uh, they like take human slaves so that they can make more like military drones, which yeah. almost implies that they can actually like choose what specific types are mm. going to be birthed. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because then they don't have to birth builders or whatever. Mm-hmm. Which is yeah. cool, just as one does. Yes. It d- like <laughs> once the queen births a larva, it just depends on where you insert the, the sperm. Obviously, into yeah. the larva, different different us, like, wombs for different that. outputs. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, the Jotunbi are pretty cool. Um, I like the Zinchian play in mm-hmm. it. Um, yeah, you know the warp and God's always trying to get out of the warp, and he's <laughs> pulling it yeah, in and the, creating this mirror, mm-hmm. and it's half in, half out. And it's a nice way to limit like the impact that chaos can have by having this like wall where it's like there's enough forces there to have some good conflicts, but yeah. it's not like unrealistic that the people are still surviving. Yeah, yeah. I like all the ties to Nordic mythology too. Oh, shut up! Of course you do. <laughs> no, no, no. Add it to your history, Jotun Christian. Bees. Okay, all right. Curious, <laughs> are there actual bees. ties to Nordic mythology? The Jotun. Yeah, the giants, the frost giants. Yeah. yeah, oh, and the war between yeah the frost giants and That's everything. Right. And <laughs> oh <laughs> my gosh, I have a question. I get some Loki I... vibes from Change and blah blah blah. Yeah. And the bridge. Oh yeah, that makes sense. The rainbow yeah, the bridge. Yeah. yeah, I have some questions though. Um, I I wonder like in for Graham, like when you play, do you mainly play against like Zechian armies, Chaos Marines, and maybe like Tyranids? That's as close to Jotunbi as we're gonna get. Um, but I wonder if he plays against them. Yeah, plot twist: he... he plays a Jotun B. <laughs> That's the whole reason he designed everything. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I'm just I'm wondering if he if he actually plays against them and yeah, mm-hmm. and um, if he's ever built anything about that. And but uh, other like it was really cool. I liked Gunolf. I liked the fact that um, he was a psychopath, and in I always would assume that they would love psychopaths. <laughs> Um, but it sounded like they wouldn't like psychopaths, but they had to make do with him. Who's they? The rune priests that were responsible oh, for okay. recruiting him. Can I go on a like quick ten minute rant? No. Quick ten minutes. Quick twenty minutes. It'll be fast ten minutes. Uh, so <laughs> I don't think that's how time works. <laughs> works how I say. It. Well, it'll be this a quicker ten minutes than the ten minutes I'm about to take. So. Okay. Okay. No. No. Do your thing. Finish your thought. No. That, that was it. I like. I oh. like the fact that they. Uh, were, they just. They needed people anyway. Yeah. Um, I also like the fact that he didn't create a pure, clean gene seed. 
<laughs> that he's like they thought it was and they were really happy with it and yeah. then it turns out no they're just as yeah yeah i was a little bit which worried is, which is nice i was a little bit worried at first I was like oh no we're gonna go like all mary sue with this but then yeah yeah like, no exactly oh, no, that, yeah that's what i was worried about too yeah. but then he's like no they do fall short of it which is awesome yeah and, and it's like his that. fall even and like there's a whole saga element with that where it's like his whole life and yeah <laughs> so i uh i hate when you look at me i genuinely <laughs> enjoyed it yeah no it's solid. i would like to see little 500 point armies like cultists with yodenby with humans all in one little army i'd like to see all this so if you got more of this send us pictures because i like there's so many cool little like factions that you can do yeah like mm-hmm. it'd be sweet if you played on like ice terrain like you had like a board yeah with like snow covering it and trees everywhere just like a temple in the back with a bunch of like zinchian demons and chaos space marines on one side and yeah. you wouldn't be with human slaves on the other okay, yeah. So i'm curious is there really like a, a strong presence of chaos space marines with like their parent chapters like flaws so something that came from salamander's black skin or in this case like wolf in chaos space marines is that a thing? Oh, and say that again. Are there wolf and chaos space marines? Yeah, like, uh, or like, are if blood angels, like, if you go down, are you yeah. are you still a victim of the rage. the red thirst yeah. and the black rage? I imagine it's yeah. Like, why wouldn't you be? Because I just haven't seen any like wolfy chaos models. Oh, there exists even like a sub faction. I don't know if it was a fan creation or if it was in. That could be kind of like cool though man. to see like him model like the blood wolves take think, like his regular guys and then just chaos them up like yeah, pretty yeah. hard. Yeah, like all these, there's so many great little army, army Ideas, possibilities yeah. in here, yeah. Um, but yeah, it would make sense. Or like Red Thirst, like Chaos Blood Angels would be sweet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. <laughs> Ten minute, five minute rant? Sure. Two yeah. minute rant? Right. <laughs> okay. Kind of side related, but just kind of, I thought of it while we were doing this. Um, I always like to think that most space marines are pretty much psychopathic anyways, and those are traits that you would want in them. Like there's something detached from humanity like on a personality level and that's not always the case and like it's based on chapter culture and blah 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 but just a cool little thing i thought so not even that was late. 10 minutes <laughs> oh, I, I was exaggerating well yeah but. i like I, I agree with you i think it's like salamanders like they obviously really care Th- that's what makes yeah. them about being connected yeah. to their family yeah. whereas like you want to be a night lord you're probably a little bit of a pariah yeah. Psycho, yeah, yeah, a psycho, and like really, like you, you want to be a world eater, you just have to love. Corn. Have you ever seen Soldier, <laughs> the movie? I think it came out in There's the nineties. A movie called Soldier. Yeah, it came out in the nineties, and like there's oh, a new movie called 90s. Man. <laughs> One Probably called Gun. Is. Yeah, it's a good movie. Watch it. There's a lot of stuff. Probably Halo inspired stuff. Anyways, they're they're they have super soldiers, and they're all like psychos, but they're the main characters you root for, and like they don't care about like civilians well, and casualties, and like they just do their job because that's their job. Kind but of thing. it. it like with so with what he's saying he's like maybe these guys specifically don't like psychopaths because you need like a sense of joviality and like yeah and especially with space wolves yeah because you're like a party too far the other way i think where they're like yeah they care about feasting and culture so normally they wouldn't the space wolves would not take him but they were so strapped for resources they did and then he led them and and then it turns out they made they would have made the right call all along because he fell and yeah it's it's really tangential Mm -hmm. to all of this but i think it fits in quite well with like his thing with the their belief that like they never would have accepted him because they view maybe they view that as a flaw yeah yeah like within his character and personality and they're like no we wouldn't touch it but they had to, and then it led to it. May, maybe directly or indirectly led to him falling to chaos, and it's yeah. kind of cool. It, 
I like it. I think it's pretty well thought out. Yeah. 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 And yeah. the characters have personality and stuff. They're not just names. It's like got a yeah. backstory. The planet yeah. has a backstory. Alien races. Yeah. So a lot long of but worth the read. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I was, I was interested. That's yeah. right. We did it. One cool. more. And anyone else have anything to say about that? No. Um, Am I the only one who just wants to know more about those jovials? I don't know. Yodenbees. I, I, <laughs> I don't play tabletop. I, so I, I, for me, like when they don't go super in depth on the technical stuff, because mm. I don't relate to that. Yeah. That's more so where I'm like, this yeah. Is and cool. this, this didn't have like anything in that. This, this, yeah. And it, it, at the bottom, he's kind of like TBD, TBD, TBD. Yeah. And so then I think that's kind of where maybe like the special equipment would be something that you would love to hear. Yeah. Yeah. And then yeah. that's For a tabletop point of view. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but no, overall, I think it's like, super super nice really great character development really great um explanations and rationalizations behind the points and just like there isn't much snowflaking here yeah it's all pretty solid uh sorry just because you guys are reading it is it yotin b as in like honey bee b-e-e it's b-y with a little accent on the y so i have no idea how it's supposed to be said Um, it's yotin by or yotin b one yeah. of those okay. i just rolled with eric's pronunciation because like with the whole like <laughs> hive mentality well not mentality but hive type structure and stuff i was just like picturing like essentially giant bees well it, it no they, it, they describe insectoid, insectoid right yeah yeah exactly and they like, have wings right yeah but i don't think they're fuzzy no they're not like a one-for-one <laughs> comparison yeah with stingers and everything <laughs> they've got a queen they've got daughters yeah uh yeah. let's go back to the description i'd love to see it insect composition give me an army of that using tyranid rules yeah, it doesn't really... But they do have two legs and four arms. Six um, legs. The warriors do. No, two legs, four arms. They they do say the warriors, but so, I would assume that... Like, the they the warriors also described as a standard drone soldier. Four, four arms, two legs. But to me, like, uh, there's obvious parallels kind of between, like, the Tyranids, because that's going to be the most simple insect parallel. And then, like... Tyranids can branch very, very drastically. Well, I mean, they have striders. Long legs can walk or sit on water, water surfaces. So, like, to me, there's there's definitely, like, they probably have different really strong variations, variations between yeah, them. Maybe. So, extra arms or fewer arms wouldn't be out of the question, I'd say. Wings, no wings. Yeah. Three eyes, two There are eyes. a couple with wings. Yeah. That's yeah. cool. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> All right. And the best for last. Here we go. My reading voice. Adam. Adam wrote us this tale. Doesn't have a title. (laughs) (laughs) Already that's a point. Just a minor criticism. criticism. (laughs) I would like a title next time, please. Uh, The 515th Cadian Regiment, the 5x5s, was founded as a shock troop, shock troop line infantry regiment in 992.m41. They served with distinction under the original commander, Colonel Ezekiel Masters in various campaigns in the Segmentum Obscurus before being recalled to the defense of Cadia during the buildup of the 13th Black Crusade. They fought on the surface of Cadia. However, their sector was hit hard hit with the company. <laughs> I can't read. <laughs> I thought the- you guys were investing all of this pod being uh, like all of this podcast money into his reading lessons. It's not going well. <laughs> We hit it's a, a waste of money. <laughs> Was hit hard. W- <laughs> hey, Eric, you want to read a story? No. Well, I can. Okay. It's going to be so much better for Adam when he has somebody who's functional <laughs> reading it. <laughs> I don't... Like, I just ruined this man's hard work. He's going to have to go burn, burn all- it. Yeah, burn, burn all his models. All. Uh, do you actually want me to read it? Sure. Okay. 
they fought on the surface of Cadia. However, their sector was hard hit with the complete destruction of many regiments and the partial destruction of the rest. Oh, that's what I was trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> Under the orders of their army group commander, Captain Matthias Kingson was promoted to replace the dead Colonel Masters and use his existing 5x5 shock troopers to act as the base to a temporary scratch regiment amalgamating several partially destroyed formations of infantry, armor, artillery, and militarum tempestus units. This temporary force, under the command of now Colonel Kingston, continued the dogged resistance until its evacuation was ordered. Directly after the fall, the temporary regiment, still bearing the title 515 for bureaucratic purposes, was rerouted to put down a small cultist uprising. The brief campaign was a major success. In the aftermath, Colonel Kingston wrote up his findings, providing in great detail the effectiveness of his combined arms regiment and how it functioned better than the sum of its parts. He petitioned for its formation to be permanently authorized and reinforced to continue the fight in the Emperor's name. Upon receiving this eloquent and reasonable report, an adept of the Adeptus Administratum went to deny said request <laughs> straight away. <laughs> However, an inquisitor of the Ordos Hereticus was investigating this adept for forwarding heretical dispatches through the Administratum. While inconclusive if this individual was knowingly participating in heresy or simply letting some duties slip through the cracks, the Inquisitor gave it not much thought as the punishment was all the same. Oh. The adept's replacement, eager to get out of the watchful eye of this particular Inquisitor, took the outstanding requests he had inherited and marked them approved or denied without taking much or any time to look at them. He used that particular method to work through the messages marked for his office, then speedily put in for an off-world transfer. <laughs> Smart man. As such, <laughs> munitions, troops, vehicles, weaponry, supplies, and other requested materials were shipped to the newly sanctioned 515th Canadian Combined Armed Canadian? Regiment. Canadian, yeah. <laughs> Is that what I said? Yeah. Canadian yeah. <laughs> Combined Arms Regiment, remaining under the command of Colonel Kingston. I like it. All yeah. thanks to some terrified uh, <gasps> Deptus administrator. Oh, so good. Yeah, that's a classic. Like, that's pretty good. And yeah. I love the time setting right before the 13th Black Crusade. I love that the guy's trying to get off world <laughs> yeah, right like, before the 13th Black Crusade. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, there's just so much of like, yeah, that's what the Imperium would do. Like, upon hearing the reasonable request, <laughs> yeah. like, there's just so much of like, yeah, that's the Imperium. No, I like that story. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, short, sweet. We short had our highs, sweet. our lows. Yeah. There's humor, there's sadness, there's mm -hmm. tragedy. I think there's a love story in there. <laughs> I would call that. You part. can read between the lines. <laughs> it seems a little hot between, between the uh, Inquisitor and the Adept. Yeah, <laughs> as he's torturing them, they're getting that really soft lighting and, and the music as their eyes are meeting. I don't know. That's what I read into it. <laughs> well, people people see what they want to see. You know, <laughs> Christian's man of love. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah it, it was actually nice yeah just um, simple just a nice simple little thing this must be his army he must play yeah he must play guards maybe. i also like their uh their name five by five that's yeah that's, that's yeah. kind of cool it's like rolls off the tongue yeah, yeah. very easily yeah shock troopers it's kind of cool mm -hmm. send us some pictures yeah that's um, always what it's going to be like <laughs> do you have a painted army please yeah. send us pictures mm -hmm. um and it's kind of cool he's put his force like right in the forefront yeah like that's rough he's added like a real place without 
without being like the focus of the place. Yeah, He's yeah. just saying, no, like oh, I'm yeah, part we, of it. We saved Kadia. Exactly. <laughs> like I was there when Ebdon fought. Like, no, you <laughs> probably weren't. But so this is kind of cool. Like it's in the middle, but it's not. So I wonder what, what, what does he do with his Lord now that Katie is destroyed? Yeah. What's his army doing? Yeah. Did his army survive? The, like, I'm assuming it did because he poured thousands of that's dollars. Right, no. Beautifully painted his entire <laughs> army. He dipped like, it all in easy clean, stripped them all. He's ready for something new. Something yeah. new. The three by fours. <laughs> <laughs> you got this, Adam. Start a, start a new one. Uh, no, yeah, uh, yeah, that's send a cool us a question. Because uh, what happened to your regiment? I'm assuming they got off planet like lots of regiments did. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, like, yeah. It, where are they fighting now? Yeah. Have they lost so many? Are they trying to rebolster their numbers with other regiments? Or are yeah. they being absorbed by something? Yeah. Or, or did yeah. they die on Cadia? Did they die on Cadia? Then that would be yeah. fine. Yeah. yeah. That's, is, that's actually a really good He's had yeah. since, like, the 80s, and he's like, time for something new. This is how they go out. <laughs> and then he sells them all. Yeah. We're going to see an ad on, like, Kijiji <laughs> in a little while. It's like, selling the 5x5 five five regiment. <laughs> you want to like, hear my no! lore? Check out Lorehammer. <laughs> Adam. What have you done? What have you done? Sweet. Yeah. Uh, so let us know, Adam, because that'd be really sweet to hear what's like happened after Kadia fell. And this mm-hmm. is when we get that horrible message that they did save Kadia. <laughs> yeah. Oh, like, my God. Kadia, what do you mean Kadia fell? <laughs> <laughs> the, neither the planet nor the guard broke. <laughs> Nobody broke. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Uh, thanks for sharing, guys. Obviously, yeah. um, uh, keep sending your listener lore to us. Send it to uh, Lorehammer Podcast Podcast at gmail.com. If you send it to the Facebook page, it can I get lost it. really I lose easily. It so quickly. So yeah, shoot us an email. Obviously, we want to get back into the swing of making a lot more of these, and because we got a, a decent backlog. Oh yeah, we have so many of this. So thanks for listening, guys, and uh, we'll see you next episode. Peace.